Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hey bub i keep telling you don't call me wobby snicked previously on x-men what's the matter Pat got cold feet. Anytime, pretty boy. Cyclops. Welcome to episode 81 of Tooncast Beyond, brought to you by the GeekCast Radio Network. I am one of your hosts, TFG and Mike. Joining me once again is Eduardo for our final journey into the X-Universe. Uh, if this was Transformers, I would uh, I would quote Simon Furman and say, it never ends. Eh, kind of does. I mean, there was a graduation day, so... Hey, at least I won't be making any Jubilee Twilight references this time around, or maybe I will. Who knows? No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. Oh, God. Jubilee and Twilight Sparkle. I can just see it now. Making vampires sparkle all over Ponyville. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. We're going to get to... Nope. We're gonna get to nope. We're gonna get to Optimus Solo and just the facts. We'll be back after this. Hey gang, it's Optimus Solo, and I'm here to give you just the facts on X Men: The Animated Series. X Men: The Animated Series is an American animated television series which debuted in 1992 and ran to 1997, lasting five seasons and airing 76 episodes. It aired on the Fox Network as part of its Fox Kids Saturday morning lineup. This was Marvel Comics' second attempt at an animated X-Men TV series, following the pilot X-Men Pride of the X-Men, which was not picked up. Saban Entertainment was contracted to produce the show and hired a small studio, Graz Entertainment, to produce the episodes as it did not have the sufficient staff at the time to handle production in-house. 
Graz employed the creative staff, wrote and designed each episode, and even drew the storyboards. The voice work was done using Canadian studios, and the animation was done by the South Korean studio Acom. The plot was loosely adapted from famous storylines and events in the X-Men comics, such as the Dark Phoenix Saga, Days of Future Past, the Phalanx Covenant, and the Legacy Virus. The show features a team lineup similar to that of the early 1990s X-Men comic books. The lineup largely resembles that of Cyclops' Blue Team, established in the early issues of the second X-Men comic series. The series' first 13 episodes were notable for being possibly the first time ever that an American animated series had a full season of episodes flow one into the next, i.e. a continuity-based show, something the series' producers fought heavily for. However, starting with season three, most episodes were shown in random order. Each episode was assigned two different numbers internally. One is for script order, which indicates the number assigned by the production company. The other is the production order, which are the official episode numbers assigned by Fox Children's Network, indicating the order that they actually receive the episodes from the production company. These both vary from the order in which the series actually aired, especially after season three. So we have three different sets of orders in which these episodes could be organized. According to series writer Stephen Melching, the script order is the best guide in terms of overall series continuity, as this is how the stories were originally envisioned to flow together. The X-Men animated show was the longest-running Marvel Comics animated series for 18 years. It lasted six years during its five-season run, which was the record until it was eventually beaten by The Ultimate Spider-Man when its 77th episode aired on October 17, 2015. So from 96 all the way until 2015, X-Men was the longest-running Marvel Comics animated series. The series, though, was canceled after the episode Graduation Day, which aired on September 20th, 1997. And now for some tune trivia. The Acolytes, a group of mutants who are led by Magneto and reside on Asteroid M, are never referred to by name in the series, because broadcast standards and practices forbade the writers not to call them by that name in the dialogue. Also, since this is the final season of X-Men, interesting to note some of the acclaim the series got. In 2009, IGN ranked X-Men as the 13th greatest animated show of all time in their top 100 animated series list, the third highest standing for a comic book adapted show on the list. The show also ranks in at number 152 on IMDb's highest rated TV shows with at least 5,000 votes. Today's episode specifically focuses on Season 5. Season 5 includes two two-parters, The Phalanx Covenant and Stormfront. Season 5 lasted 14 episodes in total and aired from September 7, 1996 to September 20, 1997. Interesting to note that Beyond Good and Evil was meant to be the ending to the series until Fox decided to buy more episodes at the very last minute. As such, the final six episodes produced have a different animation style. To save money, Saban produced the final episodes of the series in-house, rather than involving Graz Entertainment, who had outsourced production of the series to until that point, and hired instead a studio in the Philippines simply called the Philippine Animation Studio, which also worked on the second season of the 1994 Fantastic Four series, because the animation studio Acom, the company that had done the previous four seasons, was unavailable due to other projects in the pipeline. No Mutant is an Island, A Deal with the Devil, and Longshot episodes were originally part of Season 3. However, due to animation problems, as we stated before, they were held back, this case for two years, and consequently, Jean Grey's resurrection was not properly explained as it should have been. 
Instead, we get that here in Season 5. So that's just the facts for today, and now let's toss it over to TFG and Mike and company as they discuss in detail the final season of X-Men the animated series. All right, folks, we are back. Thank you so much, Optimus Solo, for those Just the Facts. As last time around, where we were able to use the new hit acclaim, amazing, you know, word of God book called Previously on X-Men by Eric Lewald. We're going to be using that to talk about the episodes, the final episodes for X-Men the animated series, 1992. Season 5 starts with the Phalanx Covenant, parts 1 and 2. Yep, Phalanx Covenant, which which introduced, uh, well, first of all, once again, it's like taking a comic book storyline and doing the animated version, um, and hey, introducing Warlock, uh-huh. Warlock from the New Mutants, and I, I was glad to see him, I like Warlock, it's like Jar Jar, if Jar Jar wasn't an annoying piece of shit. I don't know who's more annoying, uh, Jar Jar or Boss Nass? Uh, Jar Jar. <laughs> really? Jar Jar, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. Boss. At the, hey, at the very least, Boss Nass mm-hmm. was voiced by Brian Blessed. Okay, and Brian Blessed is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I'm willing to give it a pass. Like it's one of those things. If I saw Brian Blessed at a con, I'd be like, you know what? I don't blame you for Boss Nass, man. You had to do a paycheck. You did your job. It's not you, man. Yeah. It's not you. I forgive you. I forgive you, man. It's, yeah. You're not you. I do not blame you. But, um, and then, oh, after. Mm -hmm. The the episode after, I mean, we have, you know, yeah, we have uh, the Phalanx Covenant, Mm -hmm. uh, but then my, you know, then uh, and then afterwards, once again, my uh, my geekdom uh, was very happy. The, um, the two-parter Stormfront. Yeah. Which Archon, Archon is a is a guy that he's he's another one of these characters that a couple of times he's shown up as the villain, a couple of times he's shown up as a as more of a an ally to the heroes, but oh man, just um you know, having him show up, I'm like, "Oh, wow, cool. They're using Archon." So I'm just I'm like, "Wow, nice. Okay, cool. Cool. We got Archon. I'm happy now." Um, and hey, I think that's also lifted from the comics, where I think, yeah, he did he did bring Storm over, and it's like, hey, can you, you know, use your powers, do this. Um, and then I think we get into, and then yeah, we get into the final five, don't we? Yeah. Like the final six. We get, we get, it, it's weird, because these, these episodes, they were the ones that had, like, a, a change in animation company. Yeah, because they changed, shows, yeah, they, yeah, they, they changed from... I think it was Acom to something else. I could I could be completely wrong with that. I'm you know, yeah. Uh, you know I I love um, uh, you know uh, we, we kind of start with we go on to seventy one here the fifth horseman. Eric in the book says again looking back the late last season change in design of the series bothers me, as does the change of all things in the opening titles for the last ten or so episodes of the run. I know networks like to quote-unquote refresh and quote-unquote update series after a while, but why mess with one of the real highlights of a hit? Oh, well. Uh, The story itself is not at all bad, bringing Beast and Jubilee into a South American jungle, complete with ancient temples and hints of human sacrifice. Very Indiana Jones feeling. 
having a cult wanting to release Apocalypse from his bonds is properly creepy, and they're needing to capture a sacrificial quote-unquote vessel to do it, which becomes Jubilee. So, yeah. Poor Jubilee. She, um, doesn't really, uh, (laughs) doesn't really get, uh, at all a good happy ending. Yeah, well... Well, hey, she hey she avoided becoming a vessel of apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So and then and you know it's interesting that kind of that these were supposed to be the uh, the end, yeah. like the end uh, the ending episodes because it ends on I don't want to say a cliffhanger but it's like it ends for a great setup because apocalypse is back after you know after uh, what Beyond happened to Young and yeah. Evil so you're like you know so it sets up that if you want to do it you can do a rematch. But um, but yeah, that just it never never comes to pass. We never have the uh, the big rematch, which you know has me going. Okay, I kind of kind of wonder if there was ever if anybody ever thought, hmm, should we revisit and have like Apocalypse? You know, kind of be like, oh X Men, I kind of owe you a kind of whoop ass for what happened at the end of time. Yes, apology apologies to John Colicos. <laughs> That was a almost interesting impersonation of of Apocalypse, um, and then we get Jubilee's fairy tale theater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was. You know what? It's uh, again. This is one of the things about being a comic fan, because uh, this was this was kind of the animated series doing uh, an old X Men issue that was actually called Kitty Pride's Fairy Tale. Mm. Same, the same kind of basic idea, which was that uh, in this case, it in the case of the comics, it was Kitty Pride, do you know, making up a fairy tale, and telling it to Colossus's little sister Iliana, uh, and that. But in this case, it's Jubilee and just some random kids. But same thing, you know, just kind of doing this goofy, you know, fairy tale parody featuring the X Men characters. Uh, gotta say though. The comic book version is kind of poignant because this was at the time when Jean Grey was thought dead because of Dark Phoenix Saga. Yeah. So you you have, like, sort of a, a reinterpretation of the Dark Phoenix thing for the fairy tale with a much happier ending. So right. it, it kind of makes me feel like when these books came out and people were reading it, were they kind of did it kind of hit in the feels area a bit? Because it's like, oh, you know... Finding, finding, we kind of wish that this happened. Um, interesting thing, though. Interesting yes. thing. That I don't know. I don't know if you're aware of. Um, later on in the comics, they revealed that the the world that Jubilee's that uh, um, Kitty Pride's fairy tale takes place in is actually a real world uh, in the Marvel multiverse. Oh, cool. That it actually does exist out there. Uh, I'm trying to remember. See, I had this written down somewhere. I would have to find the folder where I where I kept that information. Looking at uh, thanks to the Marvel handbooks, they did uh, the Marvel handbooks did have the most recent ones did have a list of like worlds in the Marvel multiverse. And yeah, Jubilee's fairy tale is Earth nine six one 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 six. Oh Lord. So yeah, that that's it. Uh, and and by the way, while we're while we're on the subject, I mean, if you wanna, if if in case you really wanted to know, uh, let's see. Okay, cables, cables, future. 
uh-huh. uh, in uh, from the animated series. That is Earth one two one one nine three. Xavier, the the world the the world that was created by Xavier getting killed in one man's worth. Right. That is that is Earth nine five zero nine nine. Is there an Earth nine zero two one zero? Please, thank you. Um, you know what? I would have to. I would have to go to. I'd have to go to my uh, my <laughs> handbook library shelf in my bedroom and find. Yeah, uh, no. Find out. Uh, we, we don't have that but, much time. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> the X Men. The X Men cartoon, by the way, like the main the main nineties cartoon, mm-hmm. the one we're talking about. Uh, the main timeline is Earth nine two one three one. Oh, cool. So yeah, so just just in case you have a machine and you need to program in which Earth, there you go. I just, I just, I just helped you out there. I just helped you and everybody else out. So Sweet. if you wanted, those are those are the Earths. You can go visit them. Uh, wouldn't recommend the one where Xavier was killed in the 1950s because then you'll probably get Sentinels and all that stuff. Yeah, and Master yeah, Mold never, and everything else. Yeah, never, yep. never, yeah, never, never fun visiting a crap sack world. Nope. Uh, episode 73 is by far the best so far oh. of season five. Old soldiers. Oh, Written yeah. by Len Wein. Here is what Eric says oh, in the book. Yes. Despite the hit and miss nature of the final dozen episodes, this story is one of the ones that makes me grateful we got to go past the usual 65 episode order. We were allowed to use an icon from comics history, Captain America, created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby in 1941, and we got to tell a very personal Wolverine story written by his co creator, Len Wein. Please see Len's thoughts on the episode in his interview. So the other thing about previously on X-Men, folks, Eric Leewald did interviews with almost everybody dealing with the series, from the cast to the writers to just everybody, and that's all in this book. I mean, if you're an X-Men 92 fan like we are, and obviously Eduardo already has the book, I still have to get the book myself, but for 40 bucks. On Jacobs Brown Store, the official website of, um, you know, the 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 publisher thing here, like forty bucks for this book—that's a damn deal to me. Like the making, you know, previously on X Men, the making of an animated series by Eric Leewald, like an insider's look at the landmark worldwide hit. Like we have never had this like we always guessed we always just assumed we always did this we always did that um but old soldiers i love this episode oh yeah no and i i gotta give kudos i gotta give kudos to uh to eric and and everybody behind the scenes that they were able to get like Mm -hmm. the ability to use cap yeah absolutely this just yeah because this just feels like one of these things that it's like you know just throw a hail mary and be like, oh man, I hope we get this, because I could, I could just as easily, you know, in this world with rights issues and oh, this goes to this and this goes to that, I could just as easily see a scenario where they just go, nope, nope, you don't get Cap. We want to do stuff with Captain America, and so we don't want him in X Men. So no, you can't use him. And just, you know, them having to be like, shit, we can't do this episode then. Um. But yeah, the fact that they were able to uh, to do this, I'm just like, wow, that is, that's cool. I mean, that is an accomplishment, and it not only that, but not only were they able to get him, but just the way that they used him, it's like, just across the win across the board, just solid winning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I, it's an amazing Wolverine story with, with Captain America as kind of like the guest star in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and kicking and, some ass, too. Absolutely. And it's got Red Skull and, and everything else. and Just yep. absolutely love it. And it shows Wolverine, you know before he was an x-man before all this character development and growth that they had him do in his story arcs from season one to season four you know this is before all of that this is you know i mean this was before his uh weapon x lies in video this was before his edit like they had to actually get him the 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 claws that weren't you know those claws were just He's like, oh, these are pretty useful. And I'm like, yeah. uh-huh. sure they are, Wolverine. Absolutely they are. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Absolutely love uh, Old Soldiers. Um, any thoughts on Hidden Agendas or Descent? Those are 74 and 75. Um, uh, well, Hidden Agendas... It was cool seeing Cannonball. I mean, I know that they... I know they had Cannonball kind of in a little cameo on screen in the very first episode but it was cool seeing him actually you know uh, uh, an actual part of the show not the best introduction in the world um, I will kind of give kudos though to the fact that they they did a, a nice little nod to his origin in the comics which kind of involved a little bit of the same thing you know including getting under the influence of a, of a villain uh, you know, it's uh, not the best, but, uh, I mean, I can't, uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like, I don't hate it, but on the other hand, it's like not one of the best, you know I mean? It, it's one of these things where, oh, if I, if you only gave me like a handful of episodes that I could show somebody to kind of like show them how cool the X-Men cartoon was, this would not be one of them. Yeah, you know, um, descent. Uh, interesting. I mean, it, it was an interest, uh, interesting idea, and taking off uh, a great takeoff from um, a uh, from actually uh, a comic book called "The Further Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix," which was like uh, Scott and Jean Grey kind of doing some time travel, thanks to yeah. you know, thanks to the the uh, the group that Cable. Is associated with the clan Ascani, like in there it was Cyclops and Jean Grey going back in time. But the fact that you know we don't have the time travel, instead it's just oh, you know we're going to um, yeah we're going to have uh, you know we're just going to have this kind of flashback tale. You know, not not a ba- not a bad idea, not a bad and idea. Interesting. It's it's something we had been asking when we did a season one, season well, season yeah. two specifically with the the introduction of Mister Sinister and until death do us part. Like we had been mm-hmm. wanting, like what is his like? I even asked you, why does he have this fascination with Scott and Gene and genetics and all that? Like Descent mm-hmm. is the episode that gives Mister Sinister's origin. Like I didn't think they. Again, I hadn't seen this in forever until we started doing these. Like, I had not watched these. Ep- I had not watched season five at least in seventeen. Like, last time I saw it was like two thousand, two thousand one. So, you know, 
finally, you know, we get why Sinister, at least in this universe, at least in this cartoon series, is the way he is. And that is what makes that episode really cool. And then the series yeah. finale, graduation day. Nobody's graduating. Not really. Yeah. Xavier dies. Sorry, folks. 25 well, years of spoilers right there. Yeah, no. Well, no, well, no, no. I mean, okay, let's be fair. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't die, but he does, he does have to take kind of a vacay off Earth. Yeah. You know, his, uh, you know, his alien girlfriend is like, oh, you, you know, oh, my poor Charles, you know, you've, you've been so, you know, um, one thing again, it's like, it's taking, it's interesting that it takes something from the comics and, you know, adopts it to TV in this case. Yeah. There was a point in the eighties where Xavier was dying. Um, Lalandra showed up and is like, okay. I'm gonna take my uh, I'm gonna take my boyfriend here, and uh, I'm gonna take him out into space. She actually shows up with Corsair. You know, uh, Xavier hangs out with the um, with the Starjammers mm-hmm. for at least years. Like I don't know how long he did it for comic time, but I know that at least in uh, I know that at least in real time. It was it was years. It was like from eighty five, eighty six to ninety something that he was just not on Earth. He was stuck with the Star Jammers. Like I think that was even a plot point that you know he had been healed and they're like, okay, let's get you home. And shit, the Stargates are way too heavily guarded. We can't do it. You're kind of stuck here. And Xavier's just like, okay, well, you know that sucks, but. Uh, you know, my students are big boys and girls. I think they can handle things by themselves. Uh, I'm just going to have to, you know, I'm just going to have to chill here till we can figure something out. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean... I always, I, I wondered though, I, I, I've always wondered though, cause like with, um, like with the apocalypse episode, mm-hmm. you know, like the one with, uh, you know, with Jubilee and, and beast and a pot, you know, like the fifth horseman episode, you know, fifth horseman. Right. I just always wondered, like, you know, this ends on kind of a, not a cliffhanger, but it has such an open ending. Were there ever any thoughts of like, Oh, are we going to, you know, could, was somebody, you know, if not Eric was Larry Houston or somebody else or will Menjiud was somebody thinking, Oh, we'll come back. And, you know, we'll bring Xavier back and do this and that. Mm-hmm. Like, I always wondered, I mean, was this something that somebody had in the back of their head? Or was it simply just supposed to always end with, okay, Xavier's gone, but, you know, his students will keep up the good fight, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This to me, <laughs> I think you'll like this. At least I hope. Okay. This to me is similar to the end of Beast Machines. It's ah. sim- it's similar in the fact, okay, yes, Professor X is the one that's dying and he says goodbye to Magneto. It's not where in Beast Machines it's Optimus Primal and Megatron going off and being away for like it, but basically the end of Beast Machines in um Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mm, I can't remember the episode title off the top of my head. Uh, but in the end yeah. of that, after Cybertron is reformatted into a techno-organic planet, you have Cheetor as... Uh, I, I've said this for years now. If you look at Beast Wars and Beast Machines, it is the consistent evolution and aging of the character of Cheetor. He, Cheetor is essentially the Hot Rod Rodimus Prime of the Beast Wars, Beast Machines era, by in this, I mean he grows mm. up through the series. Because there's a point where he goes Transmetal 2. And there's a point that he does... The, he goes Transmetal 1 and Transmetal 2 after his original body. So I did this whole thing about where I think each age progression is for each of his changes. And by the time we get to Beast Machines, I would say he's mid-20s, early 30s. Like, he's a full-grown adult bot at that point and at the end it's basically optimus and megatron going off and optimus is like you know you lead them cheetor you you know he's optimus is optimus primal is basically passing the torch um you know and that's what this essentially is because eric says at the end of this he says as lalandra takes charles flashing across space we see those who loved him watching their hearts going with him on his final voyage what will happen in a world without Professor Charles Xavier? As our series ends, we are all left to wonder. Like, yeah. oh my god, like, yeah, what would it be like? Like, everything that he taught all of these, all of his team, all of his X-Men in these five years, obviously those are, you know, that's all going to stick with them, but are they going to continue the fight? Are they going to continue his dream of, you know having mutants and humans uh you know live together in harmony um and all of that well, yeah well it's well i think to be actually a little well not darker but a little bit more serious um it's not you know will they continue his fight it's not it's not that it's will they succeed yeah because i mean it's one thing having a, a great public speaker like charles xavier stand before a bunch of protesters and rioters and going, you know, can't we all just get along? It's quite another if it's Scott doing it or, you know, Wolverine doing it or Gene doing it or even Hank. I mean, I could see Beast or Gene, maybe not Beast because and I'm not putting any prejudicial thing in this, but they've they showed that in the series of how Beast yeah. looks, you know, but maybe Gene. I mean, we're so advanced of a of a of a race at this point where women. I mean, look at last year mm -hmm. and this year. Women are. Ev like, I'm not just saying women are everywhere, but like mm. in media. Like, look at the Wonder Woman movie. Okay, all women worked on that thing. Like, mm -hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't like all women producers and yada 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 with a male director. No, all women worked on the Wonder Woman film that was recently, you know, out. Um, you know, so, like, I mean, yeah, I could see Gene leading the X-Men. I could see, you know, basically, Gene would take Professor X's role, 
Scott can still have his blue team, Storm can have the gold team, and Wolverine can yeah. just run around and, you know, berserk whatever the hell he wants to berserk. Well, because, you know, Wolverine, of course, uh, he said it He said it in that, uh, in the first episode. You he know, said it in I the go. first season, yep. I go where I want to go. Yep. Yeah. So um, why, are you coming, why are you coming with us? Because I want to come with you. <laughs> are you Are you sure? You're going to 7-Eleven, right? I want a slushie. Uh-huh. Absolutely. No one gets between me and my slushies, bub. Schnick. 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 Uh, so, uh, talking briefly about, since we've wrapped up Season 5, briefly before we close this and do all the other stuff that we have to do here, mm. um, the filmography was Chapter 15, the 76 episodes, which is what we've kind of gone through here for Season 5 and what we yep. did for, you know, two weeks ago for Season 4. After yep. that, the literary quotes of Beast, our resident philosopher. <laughs> Chapter 17 is talks with the cast. 18 is talks with the crew. 19 is talks with the writers. 20 is talks with the executives. 21 is the television <laughs> critic remembers. 22 is fan testimonials. And then there's an epilogue. Um, but yeah. yeah, like you you and I will probably be back with a full-on discussion of after we you know fully read the book. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. And and by the way, uh, I just have to say um, the the picture that they have for George Buza, mm -hmm. uh, the voice of Beast, he looks a lot like, a lot, like um, Sheriff Hopper in uh, Stranger Things. Oh my God! Yeah. Like I just I, <laughs> I even I even actually took a picture of that. I tweeted that. I tagged uh, Eric and Julia's Twitter. And they liked it, so I mean, I, I guess they saw the same thing I did, because oh. I just took one look and I'm like, Sheriff Hopper. <laughs> but hey, nice to have something to do. Uh, nice to have something to do other than get uh, chased by demogorgons in uh, the Upside Down. Uh huh. But, you, All right. You need to watch Stranger Things, dude. Yeah, I know. I need to. I know it, it's got horror elements, and I'm not too big on horror, so I don't know. Yeah, but it's also it's also like a lot of uh, it's also a lot of um, '80s stuff. Like it's a it's a love letter to the '80s without being like too without going too far. Hmm. And the soundtrack is fucking badass. Like mm -hmm. seriously, awesome soundtrack. Very cool. Very cool. All right, so season five. <laughs> Going through our our thing here about how the season held up. <laughs> the season did keep my interest, but as I said two weeks ago, I was kind of already satisfied with the ending of Beyond Good and Evil. Like we already said so far, we liked Old Soldiers, we liked Descent because we finally get a, a Mr. Sinister thing. Uh, yeah. The Phalanx Covenant was interesting. I thought that was really cool. Um, a really cool story. Um, thoughts on keeping interest for this season? Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's... Hey, yeah. It, I will say this. I'm looking at it... Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it from two perspectives. One from younger me. Another from me now. Uh, younger me 
the whole thing with having like another season i did not know about beyond good and evil being the end i did not know uh the new animation kind of weirded me out for a minute but you know there were some there were some nice little things in the you know in in the season that i'm like okay yeah that was cool uh being a huge captain america fan i love old soldiers yeah. Uh, you know the season. The season. It, it's. It's kind of like you know what I, I think the the great analogy is. It's the dessert buffet. Yeah. All right. You've already had the you've already had the big meal. You're satisfied. They bring. They say, oh, there's a dessert buffet. You're like, no, no, I'm full. But then you're like, but then you're going. You know what? Um, maybe maybe I'll I'll try like a little something. Maybe I'll find like a little chocolate tart or a brownie or something. And yeah. you know, you grab a couple of things. A couple of things are yum. You know, a couple of of the things you grab, a couple of them are yummy, and a couple you're just like, uh, uh, you know, like, like you're you're starting to feel full, and you're just like, uh, uh, I I can't, you know, like right. I, yeah. I I I want to enjoy this, I can't. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So so you know, it, it's the kind of it, it's like that, you know, it's it's yeah, it's, oh, a, it's very much a pick and choose. Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of like choose your own adventure kind of thing. Um, admit it, admit it though. You read those as a kid and you cheated. I don't even. Rem- I remember reading them as a kid, but I don't remember if I cheated or not. Like you're, that was so long uh, ago. Okay, okay, yeah. I, like, I, I will like explain. I, I, I remember reading the Berenstain. Like my, my reading history goes from whatever early like childhood fairy tale, like the little golden book, like the golden books, to the Berenstain Bears, to uh, the Hardy Boys case files, to John yeah. Grisham. I mean, John uh. Grisham, Arl Stein. Wow. All that kind of like all that kind of like R.L. Stein Fear Street, not Goosebumps, because that I, I love R.L. Stein, I love his Fear Street stuff, but Goosebumps is just not my thing. Oh, um, that's fine. You know, but like, yeah, no, like I remember reading Choose Your Own Adventure, but I don't ever like I don't remember uh, anything of like no. Yeah, no. my form my formative years, my formative years were definitely Choose Your Own Adventure. Like I from from like from like age seven or eight to about like eleven or twelve, I was all I was all about choose your own adventure. I actually found I went to a used books uh, like a a local used bookstore, and mm-hmm. I found a copy of the very first choose your own adventure. I bought it. It's actually in. I'm looking at it right as we're as we're speaking. I'm looking at it on my shelf, and I'm just like, yep, that that takes me back. And yeah, I I gotta admit I try to be good and I try to like follow the rules. But you know, a couple of times I'm just like, uh, you know what? Let let me. I'm not too sure. Let me check. Okay, I don't want to go there. Uh, so yeah, let's go to this page. Of course, sometimes it would bite me in the ass because neither choice was really good, and I'm like, okay, damn it. All right, this is this is what I get for trying to cheat. <laughs> this is what I get for trying to peek into the future. Yep. You're not supposed to exist outside of time, dude. Yeah. Just, just well, I don't new. know. I, hey, you never know. You never know. Because remember, I, I I said it in the last in the in uh, the season four write up. You know, you have Kang the Conqueror who has like at least one or two alternate you know like future selves. You never know, man. You know, maybe one day I'll end up you know somewhere outside the time stream in limbo, and somebody will be like, "Hey, you want to watch over time for the for like two thousand years of it?" And I'm like, "Sure." And then I'll just yeah, you know. No. You know, I'll pop. I'll I'll indulge by popping into the 1930s, grabbing a copy of Action Comics number one, and just being like, "Wow, these new four color funnies look really good." Oh, but you know, it'll probably won't make much money, and then just jump ahead to like 1990 and be like, 
oh, I have this mint copy of Action Comics number one. I can't believe I found it. It's so... You're talking about the 1938 <laughs> debut of Superman, right? Yeah. Okay, it's so funny you bring that up. Uh-oh. Oh, no, this is good. Okay. So I'm currently preparing and reading for the Pullbag's return for episodes 155 to 159 of the Pullbag, our comic podcast. Right. We're going to be covering volumes one through three of IDW's Back to the Future. We're going to be Oof. covering uh, Back to the Future Citizen Brown and ba and Back to the Future Biff to the Future. Okay. Oof. No, it's good. It's very good. Like okay. I've I've read the first two volumes already, and oh my okay. god, like super fit because it's got John Barber on writing, but it's got Bob Gale. It, like Bob Gale is there, like he is oh. helping out. So no, this isn't just IDW trying to do a. This is them faithfully taking these characters and telling stories that are around the movies and and everything else and and whole continuities but basically the reason why i'm saying this is at one point doc brown went back to the time when that was published and he bought like a million copies of it because he he needed money he needed liquid money and he needed it so if he needed money he would just sell one of his various copies you know he bought like all the copies he could find at the time and that's how he would get money in the future and whatever <laughs> so hilarious oh that's hilarious yeah absolutely awesome uh, so this is our hard. last, uh, yeah, so this is our last episode for X-Men the Animated Series, because it is season five, and this is our, you know, last one here for this. Um, one of the questions is on the, uh, how the season held up, would you show your children this show? Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is I'm not, I, I don't have kids, and I have no plan, like, Karen and I don't have plans to have children right now. I'm 37, I'll be 38 in February, and, yeah. She's a few years older than me. Um, it's one of those things where <sighs> there are certain episodes I would show my kids if I was having kids. Would I let them watch this entire series from beginning to end? Not necessarily binge it, but like each, like basically take them, okay, three, you know, after your homework's done after school, you can watch two episodes of it. Like, no, probably not. But, like, to show them lessons of humanity and things like that and working together. Like, yeah, I could see showing several episodes of this to children. Because um, kids today need to learn proper, you know, way to deal with stuff. Um, but in general, no, I would not show X-Men the Animated Series to kids. What about you? Um, I would say, yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'm not going to show it to a four-year-old. Obviously. But, yeah, if we're talking, like, you know, if we're talking preteen, yeah. you know, I would and I would, I would, would show it to them. If anything, what I'd do is I'd get them into the comics first. Then I would show them the cartoon and just be like, okay, you know, which, you know, here, here here's an adaptation. Yeah. But, yeah, I would. I mean, I, I would show it to my kids. Hell, anything, okay, anything that is on any, like, cartoon that is in my collection, whether it's on my DVD shelf or, you know, I have it, like, electronically, like, on my phone or whatever, I would show it to them. I would mm -hmm. show it to them, and I'd be like, hey, and, and even if they're, like, you know, even if it's something that just uses, you know, it's very uh, anachronistic, I'd just be like, oh, no, but look at this, look at this. You know, I would I would definitely be showing. You know, I would, I, I would not, uh, I would not not show it to them. 
And yeah, they could watch it from beginning to end. Uh, maybe in a couple of places, we'd uh, hop, skip, and jump. You know, just be like, okay, uh, we got to skip over here right now. But um, but yeah, I would. I definitely would. Heck, I'd, I'd, I'd show them X-Men before I get to fucking United They Stand. Oh, oh God. You Thanks. do know that Eric and Julia worked on that, right? I know, I know, I, I know, I know, I know. I know they worked we're on sorry, it. We're sorry, Eric and, and Julia. We're, so- we're I'm sorry. sorry. Eric, Eric, I'm sorry. Like, Eric, <laughs> Eric, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. You know, I love, I love X-Men the Animated Series. I, I really do. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't. I can't get into United They Stand. I, I just can't. I'm... I'm so sorry. I really am. I really am. It's not you. It's it, it's definitely not you. I'm not. It's not you. I I don't know what happened. I just it, I couldn't. I I, I couldn't. I'm, I'm just so sorry. Yeah. Seriously, I'm... this is not. You know, this is. Uh. Uh. May have to. May have to actually do a one-on-one with them about. Uh, <laughs> about that. You know, the, uh, uh, do a one-on-one. Find out what what happened there. Like, what was the deal? <laughs> What was the? What? That's funny. Yeah, I, I would. That it, that is something I would want to. Uh. Yep. Um, all right, so folks, this is. Um, it's kind of funny that have yourself a merry Morlock Christmas is in here. <laughs> Because uh, this is the Christmas episode for Tooncast Beyond this year, this year. This will air December 20th, 2017. This will be the last episode of the year for Tooncast. We will come uh, back in 2018 yep. with the final episode of Tooncast Beyond, which is episode 82, Back to the Future of the Animated Series. Optimus Solo will be joining me for that. Um, and after that, next summer, relaunch back to Tooncast Classic with episode 230 where we kick off the Disney afternoon. We're going to take a quick break, come back to close the show after this. Do you like retro cartoons? Then Saturday Morning Rewind is the podcast for you. Join them each month as they talk about classic cartoons and interview legendary voice actors like Jim Cummings. I am the terror that flaps in the night. Corey Burton. Sometimes flies can be so Rob Paulson. Sure, babe, but... Chaps our size. Nancy Cartwright and many more. Eat my shorts. So grab a bowl of Lucky Charms. Put on your hammer pants. Go to SaturdayMorningRewind.com and be prepared to feel like a kid again. Once again, that's SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Saturday Morning Rewind was voted best podcast ever by its host, Tim Nidell. So it's got to be good. On the Simplistic Reviews podcast, we talk movies. We talk TV. We talk... Hello, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spots sound more exciting by adding explosions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Download this show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. I'm sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't. Uh, Sir Jarvis, is it that time? The house party protocol, sir. Correct. The Pull Bag is the GCRN's comic book review and discussion-based podcast. Join your host, DFU and Mike, and the rest of the GCRN crew as we make our way through the comic book world. Inside the Pull Bag, you'll also find back-issue classics, 
Origins episodes, After Darks, and so much more. You can find the pull bag every Wednesday in iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, Blog Talk Radio, and of course, GeekCastRadio.com. Make your great escape into comics and jump into the pull bag today. To see in the superhero webcomic, to see in Scott's superhero antics and sexy girls. For action, drama, mayhem, and more, read it now at DeSeeIn.com. D-A-S-I-E-N.com. And for the new DeSeeIn podcast, go to Patreon.com slash DeSeeIn. We are mm-hmm. back, and it is time for last words, final memories, and all that other stuff for X-Men the Animated Series, because we are done with X-Men for now. Um... Might be interesting to take a look at Wolverine and the X Men, the Steve Bloom voiced Wolverine series. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh yeah, no, might at, that at, that might yeah. At some point, um, who knows? Uh, any final thoughts? Anything you want to say uh, before we get out of here? Nope. Just you know, this is this is one of those. I mean, if I have to, if I have to choose like a top ten, top five like animated series that just really had an influence on me, this would be in there. Absolutely. Like definitely. Most definitely. And just and it was I mean, hell, I still remember just being uh you know, kind of being um a kid and you know, seeing this and just being like, Oh, this is this is like my books come to life. This is uh you know, I just feel oh. Yep. Absolutely. This, you know, this for me, as I said, when we did season one last year and when we did the others this year, this for me want made me want to read X-Men comics in the 90s. Um, I see this as the definitive version of the X-Men in animation. Um, it's just so fun, so awesome, just absolutely love it. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, you want to talk about your Let's Be Reels podcast really quick? Well, yeah, Let's Be Reels. Well, it's, Let's Be Reels is a Facebook page where we just oh. talk, you know, all about like all types of fandom, gaming, cartoons, uh, you know, comics, things like that. Uh, keep it at Reels is the... Okay, that's li- what it is. Yeah, it's not... It's, it's actually a live radio show that okay. is usually... Usually it's on... Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, yeah. uh, every Saturday. Um, you know, sometimes we do take breaks because you know, a uh, life, va- life. You know, vacation comes around. Vacations come around, and you know, things like, for example, you know, as as we uh, as we record this, Thanksgiving is around the corner. So you know, we do want to like celebrate with family. We don't want to be like in the middle. <laughs> In the middle of like thank you know the weekend after Thanksgiving and like oh excuse excuse us grandpa we got to go talk about you know Thor Ragnarok yeah. you know it's uh, we, no. we we do you know we do want to take breaks um, the episodes however are if you go to Blog Talk Radio mm-hmm. uh, the episodes are like saved and so you can listen to the old ones um, it's yeah I mean we just we go all across you know we we do all across I mean we did. Uh, Heck, I mentioned uh, Larry Houston. Got a chance to talk to him and Buzz Dixon when cool. I talked about GI Joe the movie. So you know, got to hear got to hear some great stuff. And you know, it's not it's not as much of a guest thing, but we do you know we do talk about a variety of topics. And sometimes we do have people on who might not be you know. It's not like having Eric Leewald on or you know yeah. Larry Houston or or you know or uh, one of the actors or writers from Doctor Who. But we'll do have like another fan on to kind of bring their voice in, and it's a call-in. It's a call-in radio show. 
Cool. So, you know, you can you can actually, when it airs, you can actually call in and say, you know, and bring your voice to the uh, discussion. In fact, right. I even encourage it. If anything, just go to uh, Facebook uh, slash Let's Be Reels and just like the page and keep an eye out. Uh, I usually, I myself, you know, this is something I create. I usually do little teasers that I just, I post on Facebook to kind of, promote the episode you know and i do that at least three times a week so mm -hmm. you'll know when something's coming very cool very cool awesome yep so that's going to do it for us visit the website geekcastradio.com leave the show's feedback in itunes please do this i will say as well folks if you're listening to the tunecast beyond feed please make sure you're still listening to the tunecast classic feed on itunes so we're going back to the old feed Follow us on Twitter. You can follow at Tooncast Beyond or at GCR and Tooncast. Those are both show Twitters for the show. I am at TFU and Mike. You can follow at Geekcast Radio for all your network updates. What is your Twitter? My Twitter, uh, once again, White Balloon King, but it's spelled W H D B L L N K I N G. Uh, if anything, or just put Eduardo M. Fryer, and you could probably find it. Um... Awesome. Ay, ay, ay. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast or radio network. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tooncast Beyond and wish you'll join us next time when we will be, uh, uh, yeah. We're going to go back, folks, because next Saturday night, we're sending all of you back to the future with the animated series with Optimus Solo's return to Tooncast. For now, I am TFU and Mike with... Eduardo and Pryor. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Back to the Future. Your favorite characters from the enormously successful feature films and the hilarious network cartoon series are on home video for the first time ever. Price to own. Each cassette features at least two entire episodes of exciting animated fun. Strike him out, cousin! Plus, there's a live action segment with Christopher Lloyd. Doc Brown here. As you can see, I'm visible once again. These time-hopping cartoons are filled with adventure. Oh, the door's too bored, Arnie. So fire up the DeLorean. Hold on to your flux capacitors and join Marty McFly, Doc Brown, and all their friends in the exciting animated series that has won the hearts of millions. Back to the Future. It's here today and available on video cassette. Collect the entire series.